Looking for an amusings? Then stay in your seats, keeping your hands, arms, feet, and legs inside the car, and watch those adorable children. I think it went something like that. Ah! Ah! That's actually the scariest ride in that whole... It's, actually, it's, it's not... Well, it it's was the, one... It's the scariest of the, the Fantasyland Dark rides, that's Oh, for yeah. Sure. There's, like, moments where you're like, huh, this leans very favor- favorably towards the witch. I'm... I find it bizarre that we are doing this now when we didn't do this particular spiel before um, uh, Snow White. No, we had to open it with the Walt Disney opening, so... Yeah, because, you know, that was significant. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, we're, I'm starting to run out of ride spiels to do. And we got more to go. I know, we got so many more movies in this. We're, we're... Don't worry, you'll be able to branch out into, like, Marvel. And oh Marvel. yeah! Oh, and oh, Marvel. And Marvel. And Marvel. And Star Wars. Star Wars. But mostly that. Uh, hey, welcome to Animusings. This is our twenty-fourth proper episode, if I recall. I don't know. I'm not counting. <laughs> <laughs> we should be. And we're doing this. We're, we, this is great. We get to do this uh, live with our special guest, Bismi. Hey, welcome, welcome back. <laughs> well, thank you for having me back. Happy to have you back. Uh, I believe last time you were on the show was when we did Fantasia, and that was ages ago. It was correct. It was a long time ago. Sure was. And we'll probably have you back again for Fantasia 2000. <laughs> I'll actually have to watch. No, I did watch it. I'll have to rewatch it and remind myself about it. Oh, you did? Because when we last talked to you, you hadn't seen it, I thought. Maybe I did. I don't know. I have fleeting memories. 2000 was a long time ago. <laughs> I probably did. Probably some clips. There's 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 clips of it that are that are pretty choice. I I, well no we're not talking about Fantasia 2000. We are here to talk about the again I think it is 24. It is 24th. The 24th feature length animated feature from Walt Disney Animation Studios, The Fox and the Hound, starring Kurt Russell as Mickey Rooney. It's a weird casting choice. Like Corey is weird. Corey Feldman is the um, is y- uh, Copper, I thought. Young Copper. No, no, Copper. Yeah, who plays Young Copper? Someone I don't know. You're going to hear a lot of, while we talk about this, we're, we're also going to hear a lot of uh, throwbacks to Winnie the Pooh, because a couple of the voice actors from that reprised, not reprised roles, but played Rep- other characters. Reprised the same voices. Did exactly the same voices, but for completely different characters. Like, and it's weird because, like, because it's Paul Winchell who voiced Tigger, and it, you can actually hear Tigger very clearly. Well, he even, like, does the stutter still. Yeah. So like, you just hear Tigger the entire time. It's crazy. Basically. Yeah. And then later on, the porcupine is clearly voiced by the guy who voiced Piglet. Yeah. It only gets a few lines, but yeah, you mm-hmm. immediately go, oh, that's Piglet. That, again, small, kind of unassuming creature. It's a hedgehog, or a hedgehog. Piglet? I think it's a, por- it's a, por- it's a porcupine. It's a porcupine, yeah. I know. Well, they're, they're a little different. Anyway, but this is The Fox and the Hound. This is an interesting film in uh, a lot of ways. And we'll talk about our personal connections or and or histories with this film in just a moment. But as usual, it's time for historian Kayla to tell us about the complicated history of this movie. This one actually is complicated. This is, uh, well, yeah, but not, it does, it's a very significant movie. And I say this for every single animation I, film. <laughs> I think at this way. point. But like, this is definitely significant. So first off, um, uh, this is based off a book called The Fox and the Hound, uh, the, the, the actual title, and it's by Daniel P. Mannix. It was written in 1967. Wolfgang Reitherman, who is right now kind of running this show, I feel like. He, he's point. been running the show for the last few movies, it feels like. He and 
to a lesser extent, Ken Anderson? Yes. Right. Uh, uh, he read the novel and really loved it because uh, one of his sons actually had a pet fox. I think actually his son brought in the fox to be used as a reference. Now, which son was this? Which well, I, I have no son idea. was this? Because we know cool enough to have a pet fox. That's yeah. pretty good. But I mean, which 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 version of Arthur I have from <laughs> Sword in the Stone? It was only <laughs> it was only one. They only, no, was, was no. It, no, all of, didn't all of Ritherman's kids play? No, it was play, two. It was two of Ritherman's kids played Arthur at one point. Played Wart. Which is why his voice changes throughout the, mm. the production. It's yeah. so weird. Um, um, but yeah, he loved it and decided to make it into an animated feature. And production began in 1977. Let's not forget, this movie came out, it was released July 10th, 1981. That's quite. Wow. Well, 1977 was a year that was packed with films, because we had Pete's Dragon, we had Winnie the Pooh, we had The Rescuers. Yeah, but even so... The last, like, two months of Animusings have been pretty much just 1977. That is weird, though, that it's it's technically an 80s film. Yeah. Doesn't feel like it at all. No. No. And it's based off a book that was only ten years prior to start a production. How often does that happen? I mean, excusing Marvel movies now, of course. (laughs) How many animated films? Feature Disney films are like, this was written a couple decades ago, let's make it into a movie. That just doesn't happen anymore. Not anymore, no. Yeah. In the past, quite a bit. Like, it's the, it, like, were you, a lot of the films that are based off of, it's like, oh, this was written a couple decades ago, or right. a decade ago. Right. Uh, there's some that were recent. Like, actually, the woman who wrote 101 Dalmatians, uh, was hoping Walt would ask, because mm. she wanted it to be made into a Disney film. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but, in this case, uh, it began in spring 1990. Not 19. It began in spring 1977. Forgive me. Um, you are forgiven. Thank you. But uh, a couple of hiccups, let's just say, happened. Um, first of all, Reitherman was supposed to be the original director with uh, Art Stevens as a co-director, but there was basically a uh, struggle between the two. Wolfgang Reitherman. I'm not gonna lie, he, I mean, I think we've seen it before, he is a very stubborn man. Just like Walt! Yeah, oh yeah, he did. <laughs> I mean, come on, Walt. And so they fought a lot, and then um, the producer, uh, Ron Miller, said, okay, you're done, knock it off, and he was in support of Art Stevens, and he said, Ritherman, just stop now, and he gave the reins to Stevens who is, despite being younger than him. But Reiterman, he struggled a lot because, um, first of all... I uh, won't go down without a fight! Said well, Reiterman, and then he, like, got in a fist fight. Well, here's, here's the thing. Uh, two of the nine old men worked on this, and mm-hmm. um, that was Frank Thomas and Ollie Johnston. But they retired in by near the end of 1978. Mm-hmm. So, this was the point when... Like, there, it's like, oh, wow, um, we don't have our nine old men to, like, assist with us. What do we do? So, basically, they're just like, we have to trust in our new generation of animators. So It's finally time to pass the torch, and, willingly or unwillingly, to and a when new I mean, generation. And when I mean new generation animators, this included John Lasseter, John Musker, Ron Clements, Glenn Keane, Tim Burton... Brad Bird, Henry Selick, Chris Buck, and Mark Dindle. Yeah. All these people worked on Fox and the Hound to some degree. Yeah. Wow. All these, yeah, that they go on to do 
much bigger animation stuff. So Blurred's gonna start somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah. this this yeah. is the this is where they came in and shined, or I guess <laughs> took over vaguely off they of a took, chrome surface. Or came and took over basically. This Winkle is <laughs> this, uh, this is actually what many would call the start of the like a new period. They call it the Dark Ages. <laughs> Yeah, we're moving. Renaissance. Yeah. We're not in Renaissance yet. I, I've, I've felt this start to slide into the Dark Ages a little bit, but this is where it really mm-hmm. starts. So. Um, but why, pray tell? Uh, well, I, I already told you that the two men left, but uh, another reason why it became more of a, uh, control, like a control issue or like they had to let the new generation of animators come in is because remember Don Bluth? <laughs> Don who? The name is familiar. Yes. <laughs> so remember how, like, all these issues were happening? Yeah, Winnie the Pooh, Pete's Dragon. And it's like... Specifically Pete's Dragon. Yeah, and it's like, he was already on the verge of, like, leaving. This is when he left. Mm. So he did animate a few things on this film. But it was in, um, on, in 1979, around, again, same time period that Frank and Ollie, uh, Frank, uh, uh, Frank and Ollie are leaving... Uh, they're like, um, so you guys have been jerks. This has not been fun. We're leaving. Peace out, home skillet. Peace out. I'm bringing Gary Goldman with me and John Pomeroy, as well as 13 of our other good friends with us. <laughs> Mass exodus. Mm. Bye. And then they- And they all left to go work on Banjo the Woodpile Cat? No. No, 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 no. You know what? Actually, Secret of Nymph. Oh. And okay. let, let me put, I can't wait to talk about Secret of Nymph. Uh, but not only that, right afterwards- American Tale. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Oh, that <laughs> That's, and that took over. Oh, yeah. This is when Don Bluth was like... Don Bluth what? was like, I really need to make movies about mice. I'm going to do what mice. I want. I'm going to do what I want. It's I'm gonna about mice. Crazy. I'm going to make my own mice because you don't know how to do mice anymore. Only Walt <laughs> knew how to do mice, and even then he was... Well, he knew how to do the two... Yeah. There's two mice. They aren't yeah. even really mice. No, they're weird. Technically, they're weird shaped, shaped things. <laughs> That <laughs> Their ears always face the same way, no matter which way they turn. So, uh, uh, oh, nearly like seventeen uh, percent of the animators gone, and Oof. they're like, "Oh, well." Oof and a half. Oh uh, yeah. crap! <laughs> so, uh, it was supposed to be released on Christmas 1980s, and they had to push it to summer 1981. They hired all these new animators. But because these animators don't have as much experience, guess what? The generation that's been like the assistants and they've been working in the background, that all those wonderful animators that I just listed, they're now taking over and they're they're like, we need you. We need to rely on you. Reitherman did not like this. He didn't actually, he actually had very little trust in these animators. (laughs) Oh yeah, they're (laughs) like, this did not turn out well. Um, or this did not work well for him. Uh, I'm not sure if I want to say this one scene. I mean, it, I, I mean. Should we it, talk about it when we get to the well, scene Well, it doesn't itself, happen. Or? Here's the thing. It was supposed to happen, but it never did. But it's really ridiculous. So. We, we should wait till we get to it. Yeah, let's, well, let's well, save that little tidbit. There was a big disagreement, yeah. though, if I recall. Yeah, but the, it has to Among do. many. But the problem is, I don't know where this would fit. It just says it's in the, so this was supposed to be in the second act. Don't know where this would have gone, but I'll, I'll, yeah, I, I don't know where to tell it, so I'll just say it here. He was going to have a musical sequence with Phil Harris and Charo. What? Charo? 
Yeah. Charo? I bet you there was like a random character they wanted to make for Charo. Cranes. They want him to be cranes. Cranes? Wait, Phil Harris could have been a crane? Yes. We would have had our fourth fourth quarrel for Phil Harris. Maybe. Oh. Oh, okay. You know what? I'm not going to continue. I, it actually, I actually do know when they were going to place it, and this would have made it even worse. I'm, I'm, okay. I haven't read, but I'm going to guess. Is it when Todd and Copper are swimming in the pond? Nope. No? Nope. Okay, never mind. Okay, well. Weird. I'll, I'll continue later. Because, you know, that part, <laughs> I'll, 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 not I'll, much happens in that. Oh, yeah, and then it's just, hey, we're playing now. This is so fun. I got to go. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, that was quick. <laughs> Maybe so, there's supposed to be a musical number there. I don't know. I don't so, know. so sh- uh, should I? Okay. Uh, the budget for this was um, twelve million. That's a pretty sick. Yeah. yeah. No. At the right now. No. I mean, considering considering what the budgets were before. Well, no, well time here. Time has changed. Oh, that's true. It costs Inflation. more. Inflation. Yeah. This it's is not. Like, it's, it's it's the it's the eighties. Yeah. We're moving from the seventies to the eighties. Yeah. So it's it's this is actually not as. This is pretty skimp, but still. Okay. Uh, you want me to say what they're, what they got, or no? Should we wait till the end to say what how it did? I mean, it's. I guess I can. Um. Yeah. No. What? Yeah. Let's wait till the end. I, it's not like a big surprise or anything like that. Yeah. No one's. But yeah. I, I can tell you what the reviews were and all that after that. Okay, that sounds good. So, uh, I guess we could start from, um, uh, from there. Or actually, well, no, no, no. We're. Uh, what was our connections with the movie? Our connections with this movie. Okay. Growing up. Um, well, I'll start off saying I didn't really have one. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I, I, I watched it as a kid, and I remember, um, like, watching this again was a real trip, because I there was so much of this I did remember, and other parts I didn't. Mm-hmm. And then when I watched it again, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember this. And I'm like, that, I, this, this didn't leave much of an impact on me, personally. But there were some bits in here that I think affected me more now. Mm-hmm. And didn't quite hit me the same level as they did when I was a kid. Yeah. So, it's interesting. Because, um, because I, I have a different... I, I have different... Um, as we go through, I'll talk about it. But I have a different opinion of this movie than I did before. But it's, it's sometimes, it's at the same time, it's not that much different. Mm-hmm. I still have kind of... I guess to sum it up, my... My feelings on the movie are kind of lukewarm in general. Um, so, yeah, my personal connection to the movie is that there isn't really one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, th- uh, similar to I didn't you, own this one. I don't know if I owned it or not. I don't remember owning it. I remember watching it. Like, I know for a fact I watched it because, like you, I, re- I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this, this, this. But um, I, I, it, I remember as a kid just, like, being bored by it. <laughs> I, I, but and then now watching it, same as you, lukewarm. It's it's at least it's still, better. Still kind of bored by it. It's uh, we'll go. We'll get into it. Though, but. Certain parts are pretty slow. Yeah. 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 Uh, this was one. My my family owned this on VHS when I was growing up, and my sister and I watched it a lot, especially when we went over to my grandmother's house. So um, I think like this and Winnie the Pooh, I think are like. And Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast, I guess. Like, those big four we constantly would watch. So this one just... I I think it became one of my favorites just because of how many times I saw it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Remember, I never was scarred by it as a kid. There was definitely scary moments. But like David said, watching it again when I was grown up completely took on new meaning. Mm-hmm. Because um, I, if this, since you said this was based off a book, I have to wonder if that book is like a children's book, but you know, aimed for adults, kind of in no. a way. I, I I read it; it's not not at all. No. Well, there's a lot of really adult, relatable themes in it, and so I don't know why, but 
this movie out of all the other Disney ones just I, I've as I've gotten older my attitudes towards it have changed so drastically. Mm-hmm. And we'll we'll get into why. Okay. That's my connection with it. Okay. But you, because you, when we, when we asked you if there's any other ones you wanted to pick, you gra- you you volunteered to for yeah. to do this one, yeah, because you did have this connection with it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so why don't we talk about the movie itself? Um, why don't we do that? Okay, it begin. I mean, it begins uh, quietly. That's the interesting part. There's like no sound when it's playing. Yeah, it's th- like an opening of a horror movie. Yeah, a little bit. It starts with just fog, and then like slowly background noise kind of fades in and then slowly the fog fades and it's just these actually really impressive multi-pane camera shots every every background is like a landscape painting yeah Yeah. i the The, one thing i will admit with this one the animation this is gorgeous and i and, and i genuinely mean this like there's this is like they took it up a notch so much i feel like a lot of it was a weird return to like kind of like bambi and all that like it's oh yeah for sure yeah there's the details are all there yeah mm-hmm. the um the the whole opening sequence is just and it's good to actually see a movie where i'm like looking at the backgrounds and going no these are really impressive mm-hmm. like these na- disney artists just love to draw nature oh yeah you know they love nature mm-hmm. and i know we talked about this on uh the rescuers about uh we talked about <laughs> The, the backgrounds and how, and, uh, Gar- Carla actually specifically said, uh, how good the, the, like, the, the contrast between, like, the cityscapes and the, the swampland, and you can mm-hmm. tell that they enjoyed the other one more. Yeah. So, um, so you see it, you see evidence of that again here, just with just how good the natural landscapes look. And I, I, I swear it's reminiscent of an actual famous landscape painter they're probably taking inspiration from. Cannot remember their name, of course. But just, just like yeah, every every time there's a shot of a valley or the mountains or the deep forest, there's just very, very luscious tones, and there's just all this wonderful detail. Right. It's very, very storybook looking. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, now, do we in the, that opening crawl before we even like things start to build up? Because like the music starts to come in, and it's a little ominous, you know. It's very ominous. Yeah. There's yeah. this immense like tension that gets built up. Yeah. Very, very opening. Yeah, uh-huh. they're, they're, like, really, really selling it. Because at first it's just birds, and the morning it's just, like, the morning is coming. Mm-hmm. But then there's, like, slowly off in the distance, you start to hear, like, baying hounds. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to remember, do we see the railroad trestle during this part? Yes, we do. There's some foreshadowing with the railroad trestle. It gets in teased the um, when the mother fox, like, it's even, like, the action absolutely stops. And then the frame stops, and she stops. And center is the railroad track. And right. It's off again. Right. It's interesting because, yeah. like, we, we, we open up, we know something is going to pop into frame because mm-hmm. it freezes and the music gets really tense. And then out, out comes Mother Fox carrying her baby. Mm-hmm. And you know immediately what's happening. And then she's mm-hmm. running through the woods and the credits keep playing over this and this, uh, again, very Bambi-esque chase scene yep. where you don't see what's chasing our but you know what's chasing. You yeah, know you know what's... You don't see it, but you know what it Which is. Which, again, very horror movie opening. You don't know what's chasing the protag, but you know it's scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but unlike uh, unlike Bambi, later on we do know what's chasing. We do get to see the culprit. No, we don't. No, we don't. Not no, we don't. We don't? It's not... Okay, so... It's not... It's not him. Hun- it's and not I, I can tell it's you what. Amos? When we get to, When no. we get to it, I'll tell you why. Okay, so eventually... Mother Fox runs onto some farmland. Yes. And there's a cup, there's two properties that are adjacent to each other. Mm-hmm. And she runs to a fence, drops the, drops the kid off, and all this noise is woken up, uh, the first character that speaks in the movie, and that's Big Mama. Mm-hmm. There's a big old owl, and she was voiced 
Par- by Pearl Bailey. By Pearl Bailey. Bailey. Who, um, by, we, we did see uh, a little featurette later where they actually showed how they animated, they really animated Big uh, Big Mama off Pearl Bailey's movements, like mm-hmm. when she would do her lines. Yeah. And I think they did a really good job mimicking her oh, sort yeah. of mannerisms. For mm-hmm. sure. So that's a nice kind of return to form for Disney in there, mm-hmm. in that they do that. But yeah, drops the, drops the fox kid off, runs off into the forest, runs off into the trees, and then, blam! And gunshots. Gunshots. And we... Five minutes, 35 seconds, which is when the tears started for me upon this Aww. rewatch. I don't blame you. This part is tense, and just seeing the mama be like, you know, knowing this is there's no way to get out of this, and just dropping the baby off, saying, hide here, and then it's gone. Yeah, it's just desperation. And then, and it's, again, it's very, it, it's done with a little bit of class, though, because mm-hmm. she goes into some kind of high grass, and then you hear gunshots, and of course the music cuts off. You hear a couple gunshots, and then just... Plumes of could be leaves, could be fur. Doesn't really matter. There's a bunch of there's a bunch of birds that get startled by it yeah. and fly out too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then um, uh, that's 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 our opening. That's our opening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At like... least Bambi gave us the decency of letting things build for a bit before they off Bambi's mother. No, nope. this is just we don't get to know. No, nope. prepare for sadness, children. <laughs> this is a negative movie. Get oh ready. My God. Oh, Although man. funny enough, it's not even like two seconds later you suddenly hear. It, like the music changes to a little more lighthearted, and Big Mama goes to the baby fox, like, "Aw, honey." I, Which ah. it feels very like, like a clash in tone. Yeah, it's, this but at is, the same this time, is a real tonal uh, dissonance. At the same time, can, can it's we, like, can we not forget Bambi? But at least they they gave sufficient time. At least in that thing, you got a sense that time passed between the morning. You know, like, you know, your mother can't be with you anymore. And then yeah. we jump to a while later. This is, like, still this, in the same... This is gunshots. <laughs> Two seconds later, but Mama goes, oh, that's real unfortunate. <laughs> but like, but, and like, and part of I'm that could be... Here, you it babe, almost sounds babe. like callousness, no, she, no, she, but it's more like Big Mama's just seen this before, so she knows what to do. It's like, this is just how it is out in the frontier. Well, to be fair, know? she's a she's a owl, therefore she's a predator bird. True. She prob- she eats small rodents and things herself, Surprised so yeah. she didn't just eat tough this, right there. This is just animals. This is just animals being animals. Or at least I, I want to say that, but then certain things that happened later in the movie make me go, yeah. what? Yeah. What? Yeah. For so sure. Anyway, like the, uh, about the attitudes. Yeah, but he, uh, Baby Fox uh, is trying to is like uh, getting slowly attached to Big Mom, and she's like, "Oh no, 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 no. no, no, no. no honey, no. owls do not raise foxes." Uh, but then sees. Uh, <laughs> I'm far too busy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but then notices uh, her name is Widow Tweed, by the way. Yes, um, the Widow Tweed. The Widow Tweed. Well, first she gets Dinky and Boomer. Oh, yeah, and then it's like, ooh, I have an idea. So she gets Dinky and Boomer, who... Dinky's a bird, and Boomer is a... Dinky's like a sparrow or something. He's like a little sparrow. They do... I think his little hops and little, like, quick movements, I think they also animate pretty well. Yeah, Yeah. like, his very fast uh, neck twitches are really well done. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Boomer's a woodpecker, again, voiced by Tigger. The wonderful thing about (laughs) woodpeckers is woodpecker's the wonderful thing. And and this is, like, the first of the many boring gag of uh, trying to catch a worm. Did did this or, work or for you at all as a comedic thing? It, when I was a kid, yes. Um, and it didn't make me... I chuckled a couple times during some of the slapstick moments with this little trio. Um, I appreciate it more just for the clear fun they were having with the concept. Like, when he goes mm-hmm. and gets shocked. Like, you, you could tell that they just wanted to put something in. They're like, we have to have a B-plot. Is it the most entertaining thing? No. Um, but I don't hate it. You know? I don't hate it either. I just don't think it it doesn't hit the funny beats. No, for me. no, mm-hmm. it's not. 
It's it's not a it's not it's comedic not gold strong. like uh, yeah I'm gonna say here he is come and get him wham. <laughs> like, how do you put comedy in this movie at all? I Every think, time yeah. they try, it's like yeah we're trying to give you some levity so you're not completely depressed. <laughs> So, no, so no matter depressing. what they do, it's going to fall off. It really is. I mean, this like, is an emotional. This, keep in mind, is this is still happening in the same beat as yes. Somewhere off in the in the grass is yes. the cooling corpse. <laughs> There's been no scene change. There's no. been no setting change. This is literally the same exact like five span of five. Five minutes have passed That's in it. real time, and we're having a comedic bit about two birds trying to eat a caterpillar. Yeah, and one of them is voiced by one of them is Tigger. One of them's Tigger. <laughs> So looks like your mom dead. Thanks, Tigger. That does happen later. I wish I could say, but yeah, jump the gun. But Big Mama enlists them to go steal. I guess like her pajamas. Her bloomers. Oh, bloomers. That's right. Her bloomers. Because she's doing laundry and drying her clothes, and she's like, "Oh, you stupid birds! How dare you!" Chases after him. They, uh, uh, the bloomers land on top of Ta, or, uh, Baby Fox, sorry, he's not named yet. True. Forget his name, not named yet. And then she's name. like, oh, you're so cute and small and adorable. Here, let me pick you she up. She can't and- resist the, she can't resist the, the baby. I mean, I puppy. couldn't either. I yeah, could, yeah, that's fair. That thing, it was very cute. Baby Fox is adorable. Baby Fox, yeah. yeah. So, she takes him home, she takes him home, she feeds it a bottle, and, you're such a little, little toddler. toddler. Oh I'll name you Todd. <laughs> Sure, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that works. But she's, a, she's a widow and she's lonely, so they, she's immediately just like, no, I'm glad I did this. I'm going to mm-hmm. form this bond with this new animal that's going to be my pet. Just yes. so you know, this is also at the same time, by the way, that uh, we get our uh, her next door neighbor, Hunter Amos Slade. He's just coming in and he has adopted a puppy. Uh-huh. A uh- little bloodhound. Name uh, actually, Wait, it's not a, bloodhound. well, uh, it's a mix of two dogs actually. Okay, okay. Uh, the bloodhound. Ears. Well, he's well, definitely got the and like the fur, well, the droopy, yeah. so the droopy head it, hair. It's a mix of head, head skin fur. Skin. It sounds <laughs> it sounds gross that way. So it, it, you know the it's folds, a, the folds. Copper's a mix of two dogs. At least in the book, they said he was a mix between a coon hound and a bloodhound. He's, okay. he's totally a hound though. So purely bred hunting dog. Oh yeah. This like, dog, all the way. They're really hammering that home. And man. this is why we know this is why we know, oh, clearly Amos didn't kill the, the fox, because guess what he was doing? He was out getting a puppy. Oh, so there was another hunter getting really close to the hunt the other hunter's property. Man, considering how trigger happy Amos is, you think he would have he would have just if he had been there, he would have pulled out his own shotgun and shot the other well, he, would, he would have pulled out his rifle and missed seven times, because oh, this is a terrible shot. That's true. We we do ha- we we never see him kill anything. No, he just no. comes. Like, he got, we'll, well, get, we'll get to that point. Okay. We'll to that point. We know yeah. he kills things, but we never actually see him kill anything. Yes. He, he just buys them off of people. <laughs> <laughs> he just goes and he so, meets other trappers. <laughs> uh, so he brings the puppy back. Uh, he actually already owns a dog um, named Chief. Yes. And uh, Chief is voiced by Pat Butram because... Man, he has to do a wolf or a dog. Obligatory. <laughs> this has been Pat Butram's era. He's been in like every movie prior to this. Like going back as far as what? Um, oh, the Aristocats? God, it's been. I don't Pat know. Butram was in that one. I think so. Yeah, he was. He has been. He was like, one of the two yeah. dogs. Yes. Right, I, think that right. was, I think that was his first one. I think you are correct. Yeah. Now, and it's so weird, because we just talked about, we've talked about all of this, and yet the memory has left me. Like, I, I think it was Aristocats. It's a lot started. to remember. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, so, uh, of course, he's like, oh, God, you haven't, we, 
I have this to deal with now. And, it, and like, Amos actually does say to him, he's like, it's, uh, well, you have to take care of him. <laughs> Thanks for putting this on me. Dumps the puppy off on Chief. By the way, fun fact, Amos is actually um, based off of the director, Art Stevens. He, Art Stevens served as a live action model. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. He, he moves in a very, like, bouncy way. It's kind of interesting. Here's another fun fact. Um, you would actually know the voice of uh, Amos Slade as well. I'm sure I would. It's Jack Albertson. You would know him as Grandpa Joe from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. You're pulling my leg, Kayla. There aren't any more golden tickets. Wow, I, what a contrast. That's actually really cool. I didn't know this. This is awesome. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> he was the best part. He was one of the best parts of that movie, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he's so happy and friendly, and this guy's a total... Well, he's an actor. Anger, man. No, it's good. No, actors are good. It's, just, it's hard for me to disconnect two childhood characters sometimes. Anyway. So, uh, time, I guess few months, probably? A little bit of time passes, and then... Mm-hmm. Todd's now still a child, but, like... They, they're all still you know, young. And uh, Todd has been living with Widow Tweed, and... Um, There's a bit where he, she's milking a cow. And silliness ensues. This is actually... Actually, the milking of the cow is what Don Bluth animated, by the way. Oh. Well. So, so this whole uh, scenario where he accidentally scares the chickens and... Leads to... Which is kind of a weird scene, because you're like, a fox going after chickens. Is he trying to eat them or play with them? No, Definitely play, play. But it's a weird, like, just association that you right. don't realize when you're a kid. Right. Because like, it's just his animal instincts kicking in. Ooh, chickens must kill and eat. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, he also gets blamed for another chicken-related incident later. Yeah. That wasn't his fault. He can't help himself. <laughs> yeah. It's chickens, man. So, um... She says, okay, I got work to do. You got to go out and play. And he's like trying to play with the birds and the birds don't want to play because they're, they're too- busy with this caterpillar. He's old enough to talk now. Yeah. An animal to his other animal friends. Yeah. Universal so- translator. And then meanwhile. There's another, there's another little slapstick thing with the caterpillar. And I'm like, I don't really remember it. And then <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's not noticeable. I'll and- just say there was a bit with the caterpillar and unless it's at, even has one bit that's memorable, I probably won't. Um, Talk about it in any length. It's whatever. And yeah. We go back to uh, Chief and Copper. Chief's actually developed a. It's like he was. He he likes Copper. I I think it's still like a kind of. He iffy. cares. It's a lot of tough love. Though. Yeah, it's definitely. Tough oh yeah. Love. And Copper's like, I smell something, and he's like, um, ah, he's just cooking. He's cooking like, up grits again. You should, you <laughs> ought to know that. What is it with people and grits? South man. <laughs> I don't it, it was cheap and easy. Grits and hominy. Hominy and grits. You're out in the frontier, you know. Yeah. You're stocking up every time you get food. Mm-hmm. Not fair. Uh, anywho. So, uh, eventually that leads, uh, Copper is like, no, it's something different. Goes sniffing and eventually finds Todd. It's adorable. And they play for like two seconds. Best of friends. Pearl Bailey sings a song. The Pearl Bailey sings a song. Now, their, their little meeting is, is, is fun and yeah. adorable, but like, the immediately, Having it go to when you're the best of friends, I'm like they've known each other for two seconds. Did did it? Well, it's like she's you know, she, she, you get a setting sense up she, the conflict. Do, well, you get do, a do, sense do, that do. she's a bit surprised. Going well, I'll. She said, I think she says, "We'll all be a fox and a hound." Like this is clearly you know friendship found in 
what society deems as would be impossible or, or is yeah. the antithesis of what how the natural order is. Right, but but is it really the natural but is it really society or is it really the natural order? Because or is it both? Yeah. Well that's one of the biggest things is because these are talking animals with human feelings and emotions that clearly we're impressing upon them. To talk no, about the, society. Well, well that, that, I mean, and the that, humans are the because in the story, well, the humans are the ones who are imposing their values on their animals, and that's, that's and that's yeah. the actually the idea the animators gave. It's like these are two kids that knew nothing about this. They they didn't know they were supposed to be enemies, and it's kind of mm-hmm. like, uh, and it's like that's supposed to kind of reflect racism today and every, any type of prejudice. Any type of prejudice. Yeah. So this is like that's not something that's like kids born. don't grow up. Like, just thinking, I hate X person that I've never met before. Yeah, they're, you're not born that way. Yeah, they have to be told. You're taught that way. And that's the idea that they wanted to bring across in this film, which I gotta appreciate. Yeah. Uh, here's the funny part, though. The book is nothing like that. Really? Really? Really. Um, I think I'll get more into it later on, but yeah, there, it was the animators who were the ones that were like, we wanted to bring apart, bring apart the, this idea. Of two characters that shouldn't be friends, mm-hmm. and they're end up being friends and growing up together, and how it creates a rift as they get older, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and how that reflects any type of pre- like prejudice today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and in Big Mama's song, she's I forget what the line is verbatim, but it's basically this probably won't last. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the world's not going to be okay with this. I hope for the best, <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. So there's always, no matter, no matter any part of, whatever levity is brought into this, there's always this undercurrent of, but no. Yeah, that's, I, that's sad. That's the movie. <laughs> that's I, the whole movie. That's the movie. I feel like there should have been more of an, and it does sort of hint at this, but this could have been hinted more that they, this became like a consistent thing. Yeah. Like, you see them like interact as kids like two times. There, a lot of the movie is very rushed. Yes. It feels that way. There's uh, the pacing, enormous time The steps. pacing is a little is all over the place with this movie. Yeah. Sometimes it's really good. Sometimes it's really not that good at yeah. all. You, you could, Again, we, we, we talked about how just awkward that last bit is. It's like, mm-hmm. the fox mother got shot, and now we have all this levity. Yeah. But there's still a looming death, like, right in our... Especially with the way that that movie opened. Yes. It's... Ugh. Anyway. Um, but, yeah, there's... You're the best of friends. Um, but then it kind of reveals, like, um, Amos isn't happy that Copper just keeps leaving all the time. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like you don't like the fact your dog is... Which Chief tells him, like, don't wander off. Master doesn't like that. Yeah. yeah. But, of course, he's young. Can I, can, I, can I say real quick how odd it is for me to hear realize that, that the dog is a young Corey Feldman, too? <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. It's weird, especially it if he's weird. like, I'm a hound dog. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's strange at first, but it becomes very cute. No, it is, it is, it is, and and I think a lot of that has to do with the animation. Yeah, they animate the 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 face skin. That's what oh the face yeah, skin. very very well. That He's, weird furrowed brow. I, I, like a, like we've said the loose earlier, folds on on yeah, the dog yeah. is so good. Like I, we said earlier, the details on this are astoundingly good. It feels like a return to like earlier animation. And there's such. Sharp contrast between how detailed the characters and movements on screen is um, against the very dreamy, hazy backdrops. Yeah. Where you still, like, can tell very much, those are trees, this is a mountain, but it's so... I don't know. They're, they're, little, they're almost, quality. like, out of focus. Yeah. They're not, like, super, yeah. super detailed, but they're still good 
backdrops, yeah. which it's, is interesting. So the, the animation really does pop, especially on all the characters. They give yeah. it like a like I don't know if this is intentional, but you make up good points. Like there's this haze, this the dreamlike quality of the background lends the idea that maybe this thing is ephemeral. This friendship yeah. really is ephemeral, even though in their hearts they want it to be because they they haven't known each other that all, that long, and we get the whole exchange of "You're my very best friend, mm-hmm. and you're mine too, Todd, and we'll always be friends forever." I'm like, stop, <laughs> stop twisting the knife, please, stop this. But we th- all know how this is gonna go. Except I think how they should have done it is like there should have been a whole back and forth show like oh like Todd like maybe like a clip of like Todd waking up early in the morning and then he goes to see Let's Todd get a whole, like 10 15 minute 10 minute scene of that's just them having a day where they have fun together or, yeah, or not or like a day but like or showing like a passage a montage a montage yeah. or like you know one of you know what one I want to cite Bambi here real quick remember when when Bambi and um and Thumper goes like ice skating together. Yeah, that's a great scene that kind of shows them having this their their like sort of friendship that they have. Yeah, that's true. And you almost get that, but then every time they start to play, it's cut short. Like, yeah, very fast. right. Like they go to they do that thing. I think a scene later where they jump into the they jump into the pond mm-hmm. and they're playing around, and then it's over immediately when Amos is like Copper. I feel like this should have shown a bond, like maybe earlier showing like them bonding over something that was like a. Like, a scary thing. Well, that's the reason why Bambi and Thumper work, because they're on the ice, and they're like, yeah. oh, no, yeah. we're going to start running into something. It could have been, like... We ha- could have had it if they had cut out the B-plot of Hunting for the Centipede. Yeah. Like, that that was prime time to just be building up this friendship. We didn't need... I, I feel like you could remove Dinky and Dinky Boomer and Squeaks from this movie entirely, and you wouldn't have lost much. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. No, I agree. It was just random slapstick. They you, probably felt they had to put in there. You could have had slapstick with Copper and Todd. And sure. when they're oh, yeah. both goofy kids together. Or there's a little bit of slapstick with uh, Chief, you know? Yeah. Put some, yeah. Put some more on him. It's and then, it, then it has more impact because we don't get to spend a lot of time with Chief to get to, like, know him either. And see, yeah. I would love to see, I would have liked to see more of his relationship with Copper, you know, other than, like, mm-hmm. the scene where they... Well, I mean, there's there's bits of that that are actually pretty good later, but we'll, yes. again, we'll get to that. Yeah. So, uh, but then this leads like, uh, Copper, I'm, Amos is like, I'm sick of my, this like puppy dog keep running off. So he finally just, uh, ties him up to his barrel. His sleeping barrel. His sleeping barrel. Uh, sleeping barrels. The barrels are important because they, they become a motif. They are. So Todd's like, well, I want to come play. And he's like, I can't leave. And Todd to see this decides to be a little bit of a idiot, idiot and goes inside chief's barrel to see if he's sleeping. I'm not afraid of Chief. Look at him. He's so weird and old. Look at his giant ass teeth. And like just pulls up his jowls to reveal I'm it. I'm like, you're a stupid <laughs> you are kid. St- I, I used to feel really bad for every bad thing that Todd did and when I was a kid. And I'm watching it now. I'm just like, you're an idiot. You deserve everything <laughs> Todd, coming to you. <laughs> I, the, the pro- yeah, so much of what happens in this movie, Todd kind of brings on both of them. He does, yeah. Which, now that I think about it, it really does justify how frustrated Copper gets with him later. Yeah. It, it helps, some way. definitely. It, it definitely helps. Because otherwise... I'm tempting fate. Yeah. yeah. Everyone I tells mean, him, dude, stop. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, this Copper's actually... like, don't do it, don't do it. And Todd's like, I'm gonna do it. And then, of course, Chief wakes up and freaks out. Yeah. And then starts chasing after Todd, and it turns into this great slapstick of him chasing him through, like... It's the, it's the funnest part of the movie. Yeah. yeah. For sure. But I, I like th- this, the, the gag of... 
oh, he's about to lunge at him. His barrel gets caught on something. He gets yanked back. They do that three times. I love, like, and some of them you can see how he just brute force his way through it. But the one where he runs and he gets tied around a tree... And then, like, this, the, it cuts to a different scene, and then he's suddenly chasing him again. I'm like, how the hell did you undo that? You're a dog. <laughs> but whatever. But then know. Todd, being dumb that he is, or just sees Widow Tweed. Actually, that's a kid thing to do. Yeah, run to here. Okay. He runs through a hen house, and then Amos is trying to shoot at him. I love he runs through We literally have a fox in the hen house. Yeah. Yep. goes straight through. And the fox don't care about the hen house at all, but, of course, that leads Amos to think, like, this, ha- yes. this fox is after my chickens. Yeah. So, yeah. but, uh, but, fought, uh, fought, Todd, excuse me, jumps into Widow Tweed's, uh, car, like, she's driving, and he, mm-hmm. she, he hops into, like, what is that, like, a basket in the back of her car? There's, or? like, a, it's, like, a, it's, like, the, it's, like, a, yeah, it's, like, a it's basket. It's a trunk thing. It's yeah. a trunk thing. Yeah. It's and carrying, um, milk, milk tins. Although Amos is so, yeah, trigger happy, basically. He shoots at her car. Well, here's multiple the Multiple times. Are, multiple yes. times. These are, like, proper old jalopy kind of cars, These are old, too. like, Model, one, model Ts. These are Model Ts. So yeah. we're, like, what, in, what, 1901? Early 1900s. Like that? Yeah, it's definitely early Very 1900s. early 1900s. But then she notices, stops the car. She's rightfully angry, but I, I kind of... All this bit. I love this reaction. She's just like... Amos, you trigger happy lunatic. Give me your gun. She takes his gun, shoots his radiator of his car, and he's like, "Oh my god!" I actually really love when she's just standing there with her arms folded, glaring at him. Come to a like screeching halt, and she does. He stops. He drops just in time to avoid colliding with her, but Mm -hmm. she doesn't care. She's just standing there, just giving him the death glare. And I like. I really like Widow Tweed in this moment. Yeah, she's. she's, I like her character, and she even like fires his gun off to get the bullets out of it. Oh yeah, like points it at him and says, "What's wrong with you, trigger happy lunatic?" Now hold on, woman, that's loaded. And she just fires off the final round. (laughs) Now it's not. (laughs) Throws it at him. You can tell that Widow Tweed doesn't take. Oh, no. Yeah. I've been around the block a few times. Uh, yeah, that was great. Yes, definitely. Um, it's, it's, oh, it's so good. It um, does really help us. Well, and so this is where we first learned that Amos can't hit shit. Yeah. No. At all. He is no. so bad. How is he a decent hunter? He can't shoot a fox point blank. <laughs> he when can, it's running under his feet, no less. He can shoot milk tins. And then that's about it. And they're right in front of him and moving in a straight line with his car. Like, that's all he can do. So how he also could have easily hit and killed the widow Tweed. Oh yeah, well, then like because that's like buckshot. It right? is buckshot because yeah. it spreads. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> how did yeah kill her? Like is also if you're hunting with buckshot, isn't that gonna like if he's a he's a he's a he's hunter. a small game hunter. Yeah, it's just a him, weird. You thing. see him with pelts later. Yeah, like small rodents and um and like birds. You don't rabbits, like raccoons. You'll just obliterate the. I know we're jumping ahead a little bit, but like. It's important. This is all. This well, is all important in context. I mean, eventually, this leads to like uh, she doesn't let Todd outside because mm-hmm. so. he said, "If you ca- if I see that fox in my property again, oh, I will blast him. But will. This time, I won't miss. But he will totally miss because he, yeah. he can't hit the broad side of a barn. No, so now, it, not even with buckshot. Yeah. But then <laughs> uh, around this time, though, uh, Amos is like, "Okay, copper and chief, we're going hunting." We'll be back yeah. in the spring. Yeah. Leaves are the whole winter to go. The back. fall and the winter, yeah. Wow. And yeah. Uh, so they get older during this time, and this is. Oh wait, 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 wait! Oh no! Lack of education. Lack of education. The, the, the kindest song. This movie has like one song, and then like a bunch of kindest songs. I yeah. don't really. The music is not that good. I remember. I do remember the this song. It's not that special. Elimination. Lack of education. education. 
Which is, it's a fun kind of schoolhouse rock type of song. Yeah. Um, and it serves its point well, I think. I feel like, I feel like... I don't uh, see it as a song, though. I feel like Big Mama's changing her tune, though. Here she was like, you two are the best of friends. And here she's like, now you've got to stay away from me. Well, now she's seen all this shit that goes down. I was like, hey, Todd, you want to stop trying to get killed? No, it's fine. We're going to be friends. I'm not scared of Chief. No, no, no. Honey, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and listen for two seconds. <laughs> Because your life is on the line here. Well, we need... Life's on the line. We're going to have to I'm leave with... that up. I know. I know. That's fine. I'll do it. This is a, this is an open forum. Uh, it's a family podcast. Not really. But... Sure. You know. I believe it. I don't care. Yeah. I'll um, do that. Yeah, so the song is essentially very simple. It's her and um, uh, Dinky and... I've already forgotten Tigger's name. Boomer. Uh, Boomer. Boomer. Thank you. Boomer. And they just sing like, hey, look. He's a hunting dog. You keep going over there. You're going to get shot. He wouldn't do that to me. Let's show you this charnel house. (laughs) Of all the pelts that he has collected. They're all nailed to the wall. And he's just like, that's awful. Oh, that's horrible. But it won't happen to me. Oh, my gosh. He's so naive. So stupid. It will happen to you because you keep bringing this on yourself, Todd. And he does it again later in the movie. And you have to wonder how much, like, of this is nature versus nurture because he wasn't raised in the wild. True. Yeah. And he's not been taught survival of the fittest. Yeah, he just goes, like, I'll get saved by the widow Tweed constantly. I'm fine. Whatever. I think that is more of a nurture thing. Yeah. Because remember, like, when he... Okay, I'll I'll talk about it later, but yeah, I think it's nurture. He's definitely nurture. I'd I'd say in that case. So Uh, that happens, and then then time passes. Then Amos Slade and the two dogs go off hunting, and lots of time passes. This is a really good. This part of the movie, this whole like montage of like fall to the next spring, is great. It's Mm -hmm. paced super well. You get a good sense of what's happening just with uh, music and no dialogue. No, sorry, a little bit. Oh, because of, yeah, there's a little bit, little but like, bit. yeah, yeah. There's also a thing that gets established where the top dog gets to sit in the front seat, of course, of mm-hmm. the car, and you know, obviously, Chief is up there, but Copper has no problem. Little puppy Copper has no problem getting the back. He just, he's just happy to be in the car. Yeah, he's just yay. <laughs> and then they're out hunting. He's just like yay. And then as time passes, and he's in, you know, Amos is living in his like little like trapper's hut, yeah. in the woods. Over the winter, you see them start to collect more and more of these pelts that are just like nailed to the side of his house. No, I'm not a hunter. Is it common to want to go hunting? You would think you would hunt in spring, summer after every everyone's had babies and they're all grown yeah, up. Yeah, winter. Like a lot of them are like. Uh, Hibernating. Yeah, I don't get. Maybe it's there's a particular game he's hunting though, because he's he's going after things like raccoons yeah. and maybe maybe it makes it easier to find them in their den. Well, I don't know. Maybe like, it's like he uses the dogs. So I don't know either. It could like, be I get a the training. He uses the dogs to like chase them out of their dens well, and then he can get yeah. them. It could be a training thing for Copper because it's like he's still a puppy and maybe yeah. it's like right. Maybe. This is uh, this is the whole nurture thing too because by the time this is all done. uh Copper has no qualms about chasing other, by the way, sentient animals yeah. out of their holes so his master can shoot them. Well, it's fine. They don't have any lines, so they're not important. <laughs> no, but they're, we've established that all animals in this universe can talk to each other, That's, so yeah. it's a little bit jarring. It, it is It is weird, and like I didn't have a problem with it when I was a kid because it's like whoever has lines, they're the ones I need to care about. But yeah. growing up, it's like, this is weird. It's like, are they aware that they're in nature or not? It's kind mm-hmm. of strange. But yeah. It is inconsistent. But then there's that whole weird thing where... Uh, that's why the whole, like, joke of Boomer and Dinky, whatever... Uh, Dinky. Or Dinky. Yeah, Dinky. Are trying to catch this caterpillar, but I'm like, but they're 
isn't he? They're sentient. Don't they realize that he's sentient too? They probably don't care. Like that's just a yeah. I know. Animals. I mean, okay. To be fair, animals don't care. They understand they can communicate, but animals do eat other animals. Yeah, they have to. I don't know. Have never seen Big Mama hunt anything? No. She's yeah. Owl. She probably ate yeah. so much in her youth that she doesn't Talons. need to eat ever again. Yeah. I I cannot picture Big Mama being the terrifying hunters that you can see. You know, you see owls in nature documentaries, and they just come gliding out of oh. the shadows, yeah. snatching a thing, and they're gone. Let, and it's a, like, could you imagine Big Mama doing Like, no. Secret of Nymph. Like... She goes to visit the great owl. That is the most frightening oh, thing. Terrifying. I feel like this is yeah. this is Don Bluth being like, this is how owls actually are, covered yeah. in co- you know covered in cobwebs and glowing with, eyes, glowing eyes, uh, kicking like mouse bones everywhere they go that they you know obviously regurgitated earlier uh-huh. uh, in pellets. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, this is there's a there. I think this is the one bit that is really memorable with, or is that later when they do the the no the. The caterpillar squeak goes into the widow Tweed's house and just oh, lives yeah. over winter. He, yeah. Yeah. he lives in uh, her plant. Yeah, and then it dies. Then the plant dies by spring. Yeah, been eating from it. Yeah, but meanwhile, um, we finally get back to the, the. Not even the plants can live in this movie. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, this is okay. We get back to the spring. Amos is coming back. Copper's grown up because of. Enough time has passed that he's now like a year old. But something. then here's yeah. the thing: Copper gets to sit in the front because he's the top. He's top. Though. Here's the interesting part. In the book, it's the opposite. Chief really? is the Chief is the newest puppy, or is the new dog. Copper's actually an older dog. What? Yeah. Okay. So weird. There's no like the with the fox and the hound. There's no friendship between him and Todd. Hmm. That's not something that the fox and the hound is about. Copper and Amos's chase after Todd and not being able to catch him. Interesting. That's really it has nothing to do with this like, no, likely friendship. That's not anything that happens. What is, that is bizarre. So Chief is actually a new dog that he he has received, and Copper feels a bit jealousy. They're, yeah, they changed the personalities around. Yeah, that is really interesting. Wow. Okay. Yeah, really telling your own story here at this point, which may yeah. explain why there's so many missing scenes of. Well, is this friendship going to develop? Like, yeah, this is. It didn't. Feel yeah. like it they did. took way too many liberties, perhaps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh well. Well, Todd's grown up too. He's got a collar, and now he's voiced by Mickey Rooney, and it's awkward. It yeah. is. It is awkward. It it's is awkward. Because by this point, Mickey Rooney was already starting to, you know, mm-hmm. get a lot older. He's playing this very young, I mean, basically teenage fox. Yeah. You yeah. know. Yeah. Prime of life animal. Yeah. Very weird. Hey, Dinky. Hey, Boomer. A dragon, a dragon, I swear I saw a dragon. And then uh, Copper's back, and it's like... And it's Kurt Russell. <laughs> it's so weird hearing Kurt Russell's voice from a dog. Like, I think... Is it, though? It's... it's. <laughs> the, well, the casting for this is so weird. Here's the funny part, too. He was filming uh, two other movies. Escape from New York. Escape from New York, <laughs> which is like... The exact opposite. <laughs> also very dark, but well, very, very dark. dark. Yeah. Uh, but he was also here's the thing. People said, "Oh, did he come in his snake costume to film that?" <laughs> he did not. He I was hope fil- not. He was filming an Elvis film, so oh he was came in an Elvis costume. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, hey, copper. Oh, oh. <laughs> Looks like you're back from hunting. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, Chief's a little jealous, and he's like, "Oh, come on, Chief," and. Uh, Amos sings a little song about giving a little hoot and holler. That lasts for like two seconds. You know what the oh. most memorable music bit in this movie is? That little just da 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 da. Wow 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 wow. 
Yeah. Very like country bears. It feels. Yeah. It feels like that, that should. It feels like it should have lyrics, but it doesn't. I like that it doesn't. Yeah. Well, it it, it does a very good job of speaking for itself. It does. You know what it's conveying, and it matches yeah. the same well. Yeah, it does. I, again, and it played during pretty much all under the the montage of Copper's hunting trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it works out. So yeah, they're back, and um, Todd visits uh, Copper at night, and it's like like an idiot. Again, you yeah. dummy! I got wait, go. wait, 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 wait! But then the they bring the caterpillar. The caterpillar gets out, and then there's okay. That is a scene, and then he gets electric electrified. Dude, dude, oh, that's, that's, that's the one. The one. That's the one bit line. I remember because that's the one. Well, because he gets on the freaking telephone line, and then gets shocked. But he and Dinky and Boomer get shocked. They the birds get fried. And the caterpillar is somehow miraculously fine and just walks away and just like he glows, glows a little bit. Although I, I gotta there's know, a th- plot point. There's a there, reason I bring it up though because I think there's a plot point with that later on. There is a funny, actually, there is a funny part because he's going away. A plot point with that B plot. I mean, this, okay, not okay, the main movie. There is actually one silly part, and I actually thought this was funny because he's he's like slinking away and he's like glowing. You can actually hear uh, Boomer say, "How's he do that, Dinky? How's he do that?" that? <laughs> like they actually acknowledge that he's glowing. Wait, what? <laughs> now this Wait, might, and this for all I know, this scene could have happened later in the movie. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. let's go back to a plot. Yeah, yeah. we don't have to talk about B plot. Todd for goes a visit while. Copper at night. He's an idiot, and Copper's like, "This isn't a good idea." It's, it's good to see you again, Copper. You shouldn't be here, Todd. It's Look, good to see you too, but you really shouldn't be here, dude. I'm a full fledged hunting dog now. Like we can't, we can't do this. We can't be friends. That was a long time ago. Copper is so much smarter than Todd. He is. Yeah, because you know what? He was. Here's the thing. I think this also says that foxes were never meant to be domesticated. Look what domestication does to this poor fox. Yeah, it so, makes him a dumb. Yeah, it makes him a big dumb. Uh, <laughs> it makes him so, a big dumb. So and doesn't like Chief wake up? Or Chief anything? does. And Chief wakes up again. Yeah. And then Amos, and Amos is ready this time. It's oh. just like you fox. It's that fox again. So. Todd runs. There's this huge chase scene, and yeah, th- doesn't this lead to like him hiding? And then Copper is like, "I'm gonna let you go this time." Yeah, he yes, he, he chases him off the property essentially, yeah. and up we find- a mountain or yeah. something, and it goes almost looks like a a pile of wood or something. And he it's a pile of under. it's a pile of railroad ties. Pile, oh yeah, so they're by the railroad. Yeah, we we were at we're at that we're at Chekhov's trestle, which we saw earlier in the we movie. Are, we are, and then so Copper, that's a Copper. Todd hides under that. Uh, manages to evade Chief, but then we hear footsteps outside of, like, we're going from Todd's view, and we just hear footsteps approaching. Turns out it's Copper. Right. And Copper looks and knows that Amos is close by and looks at Todd and says, I'm gonna let you go this one time. Like, as a final, you know, extension of, yes, we were friends, but, like, this is it. You gotta get out of here. And then he leads Amos off the trail on purpose in the opposite direction. And then bolts. He tries to get out of there, to be fair. Todd did not necessarily bring this next bit on himself. True. So he bolts, he goes across the railroad, which is over this gigantic ravine, mm-hmm. and then Chief wised up and managed to come, like, around off-camera, but then traps him, or corners him, rather. Yeah. And there's about to be this showdown, but then a train approaches, of course, because you're on train tracks, so why right. would be a train right there? Right. <clears throat> and um, Todd... Escapes. Well, Todd ducks. Yeah, yeah he which doesn't... you don't see at first. Oh, it's just, that's right. It just like the the train just comes up and it's Todd's face and it just does a smash cut. Um, and then you see uh, Amos like sees us and yells, "Chief, jump!" And Chief probably like jumped a bit too late. 
because he falls, plummets to what should have been his death. Yeah, um, clips his head on a rock this, as he falls. Yeah, yeah. The, this is the... This is the weird thing. This is the weird plan. So, um, first of all, when you see... And this is animated. You see Chief fall. You see his him hit his head mm-hmm. and then fall into the ravine. And then, like, it, but is fine and only hurt his foot. Like, <laughs> I imagine his, only his he did jump. What I like to think happened, he did jump and the train clipped his clipped leg. His, yeah, as he I went. think that's what you're so, meant to think. Yeah. 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 So, in the book, Chief does die. And Understandably the, so. That makes so much more sense. Got hit by a freaking train and then yeah. fell off a waterfall. And in... Into, shallow, into a very shallow into, stream. Yeah, no, he's like, it's maybe a quarter of a foot deep. Yeah, because yeah. he's, he's not drowning in it. No. Then, in, in an early version, Chief was going to die in this one, too. Mm-hmm. But then they had it modified. No, 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 no. Wolfgang. No, it was Wolfgang, uh, not, wasn't it? No, actually, Stevens. Weirdly enough, it was Stevens, but also also um, a lot of the older animators no. did for the, for the... So the scene was modified. Ron Clements comes up and he's like, Chief has to die. He protested this. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't work if you just break his leg. It, it, which which is, is And true. he's absolutely right. He's fair. like, why would Copper suddenly hate him just because his leg was broken? That gives... There's no agency. That's, yeah, because... That, that just makes it a narrow miss. Yeah. You know? That makes me angry because, like, Copper's immediately like, Todd, if I ever see you again, I'm gonna kill you, basically. Yeah. Um, I'll get you for this. I'll, and then... Yeah. All the younger members of the team were like, please, you, you we have to do this. But... Here's what Steven said. He's like, we've never killed a main character in a Disney film, and we're not starting now. Barely a main character. Yeah. Like, kind of, but not really. Is Sebastian a main character? Not really. <laughs> you could have killed, sure, killed Sebastian. And besides later, on, he could have died, and it would have meant something. <laughs> <laughs> and look, to be fair, that was a tradition they did break later when they killed Mufasa. True. So, um... And that death and that means something to everybody. on the plot. Yeah. Which this could have done. Exactly. And that would have saved... That would have justified, to me, Copper being like, because of you, Chief is dead. Yeah. Which, again, as a kid, it didn't really matter. But as an adult, you're looking at it going, that's kind of funny. Why why do you hate him now? Yeah, why do you hate... Yeah, to the point where you want to to kill him. Yeah. So, upper management... So, yeah, uh, they went to upper management. Older people, they're like, nope, we're going with Stevens. He's not dying. Mm -hmm. And uh, they had... uh, Ollie Johnston did the animation of Chiefs going around with his leg. Mm -hmm. And then Randy Cartwright, if you'll notice at the ending... His eyes open and close. Yeah. That was animated in to show he didn't die. He was just yeah. delirious or whatever. Jeez. Yeah, just kind of in and out because of the blunt force trauma to the head. Which that after falling from a huge <laughs> railroad trestle. After getting hit by a train. Yeah. But Chief is okay. immortal. Chief is immortal. It's That's okay. just, <laughs> His leg is sprained. Mm-hmm. So, and not even bad enough that he can't walk or hobble around a little bit with it in a cast. Yeah. Like, ugh. Yeah. So... Uh, so he, he plummets to what should have been his death. Copper runs down and goes, Chief, Chief, and then looks up, sees Todd still on the train tracks and says, I'll get you for this. If it's the last thing I'll do, I'll get you for this. I'll get you for this, Pat, if it's the last thing I do. <laughs> and they... Uh, uh, the Widow Tweed does eventually find um, find uh, Todd, because she came out after the gunshots looking for him. Yeah. She takes him back to the farm. And then and that's where... <laughs> Knocks on his door. He's like, that fox almost, almost killed, killed my Chief. dog. 
There's which, a bit. Which would have been a lot more of he killed my, my dog. dog. That would have been even more. That would have been. Oh my gosh! There, there was so such a good it missed opportunity. So much. Yeah. There's such a missed opportunity because all those bits with Chief are almost like not worth it later. Not yeah. Even, no. Then he's just kind of this weird. Well, we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Amos says almost barges in, and Widow Tweet says you can't just barge in my property. And, like shoves him out, locks the door, and he says you can't keep him locked up forever. The moment I see him outside, I'm going to shoot yeah, him. Yeah, I will be shooting him. Yeah. Uh, and then she realizes that, you know, Todd's just going to... Probably realizes, hey, Todd's never going to stop getting into trouble because he's an idiot. Yes. Um, and that Amos is super serious this time. So we get my favorite scene in this movie. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. This is the scene, isn't it? This is it? the scene. This is the scene that breaks your heart. This is this is the scene that is like, the most pivotal part in the movie yeah. for me. Um, it, and actually, I think this kind of a... I mean, the climax is definitely... That holds the chief scene, but I think this part this is, this coming down portion is just just oh. is tragic. So she realizes that she has to do something. She can't keep him. So she, in a very smart move, um, says, "I'll put him in the game preserve. Hunting isn't allowed there." Yeah, Amos wouldn't be so stupid and obsessed to go in there. <laughs> <coughs> totally um, does. And drives him out. And that that song that like the minute Every that comes time on, we it gets say goodbye. Me. And, yeah, she's driving, and there's, like... There's no dialogue. It's just no. words. No! Well, uh, she's thinking it. She's just yeah. thinking and, it. And, and the sad part is, like, the part that gets to me is, you know that she you know she knows what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. She's like, I can't do this. I have to do this to protect Todd. And Todd, Todd being a dumb animal, is like, where are we going, Mom? Where are we going? I'm so happy to be with... And I'm Yay, just like... midnight car ride. This breaks my heart. There's, a, there's it's so like, many levels to this interaction that you yeah. don't get as a kid. Like, now that I'm grown, it's like reminiscent of being dropped off in the first day of kindergarten. And you yeah. don't know what's happening. Or if you've ever had to put a beloved family pet down. Yeah. Or one goes running away and you never see it again. It's this special kind of loss that hurts yeah. on such a deep level. It really does. This and is the saddest, saddest part. And like you said, there's like there's stages she knows, and we know that she knows, but he doesn't know. But right. here, and here's another thing that's also difficult, and this... Remember, she's called the Widow Tweed. Mm-hmm. Her, that means her husband just passed away. Yeah. This has probably been... This animal has probably been the closest thing to her in a while. And now she has to say goodbye. To yet another thing in her life. That she has loved. Yeah. This is... God, no, no. I know. It's so hard. It's so hard to watch. (laughs) Well, it's also... The part that hits me the most is, like, when he he goes and puts her out, and he's still got that happy confusion, and then she walks away, he's like, what's happening? And she's like, you can't stop. No. And you just see it dawning, like, I don't understand. Why? It's... it's, Why? It's the innocence. It's it's, the loss of innocence and the growing up. That has to happen in a span of minutes that takes humans years to do. Yeah. And it's just this, it's such a gut And, it's, and it really, he feels more like, uh, he feels most like a pet and most like an animal in this moment. He like, yeah. it would be like if I had to go and take Gracie and put her no. in the woods somewhere. No, <laughs> no don't you. And tr- no. drive away. No, and, no, okay. No, because I was thinking about that in that scene and it made me ch- tear up a little. Okay. Like, and I've been into just, every, like, the, the parent widow- watching the scene of thinking like, oh man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because the widow, like, the, I feel like, I feel like I would feel like that with Gracie if I were the widow tweet. Yeah, I would too. This and is me leaving my most beloved pet who w- would would wants nothing but to be with me and mm-hmm. just betraying them. And so, leaving. by the way, 
So this hurts. It hurts so much. So, you know when I mentioned... Uh, t- to lighten the mood. Okay, but... Uh, <laughs> well, I'm going to bring it back down, so... Yeah, yeah we're going to keep yeah, bringing it down, because this movie is a, is downer central. It's just this scene... Um, I, I, First I, of all, this is actually a very well-paced scene. This scene is so... This, yeah. Don't get me wrong, this scene is great! Oh, it's amazing. It's wonderful that it makes me feel stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All the feels. All the feels. I I keep racking my brain for other sad moments in Disney films. And even like The Lion King, I don't think any of them come this close for me personally. Yeah, even... Because it's just so real. Yeah, Mm -hmm. even Mufasa's death doesn't hit me to the same level as the realness of this. It's definitely sad, but this is just, you know, you're flooded with thoughts of the world is unfair, life is unfair... This shouldn't have happened. Right. Can't we go back and fix this? And like, There is a way to go back and fix this. She just needs to get his gun and fuck. <laughs> shoot him in the <laughs> face. Get her own gun. Get her own gun. Keep uh, Amos off cl- your property. She, she clearly knows how to shoot. Yeah. So for like all the missteps in this movie and all of its shortcomings, like this scene alone is so incredibly heartbreaking and powerful and sticks with you. Mm-hmm. And Eve, like people, I've talked to people who've like maybe seen it once. And I'll remind them of that scene. They'll go, oh my god, that's right, that scene. Like, no matter who you are, that sticks with yeah. you. Yeah. And just, there's no dialogue. There's just inner monologue. There's music. And then it's over. And then... And you're just left with this crushing reality. And then he actually has to suffer the crushing yeah. reality. And, okay, should I bring it back? No, okay, this is bring the... Bring it back. Here's the ridiculous <sighs> part. So remember, there was going to be cranes with Phil Harris and... Here? Really? <laughs> What? <laughs> they would sing a silly song what? titled Scooby Dooby Doo, Let Your Body Turn Goo to Todd after he was dropped in the forest. What? Why? By the Scooby way, Dooby, wait, let your body turn, turn to, to goo. Turn goo. Let your body. What does that mean? Charles, by the way, recorded the voice, the story in voice tracks, and they were storyboarded. What? And there was live action reference with footage shot Kayla, of her. What is this? Someone used to no, burn no. any tricks of this. There is a live action reference footage was her shot in a sweaty pink leotard. Ew. But the studio really hated this. Good. Good. I hate it, and I haven't even seen it. And there, I, I'll forgive them for the 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 bad move of not killing Chief yeah. to make a more and emotional weight just for not including this. But. By Total way, whiplash. I can by- see YouTube videos just in my mind. <laughs> hey, remember what Fox the Hound turned batshit crazy? Sorry. That's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> then the then the cranes come in sung by Charo. And Phil Harris for some reason. Oh my god. And here's the funny part. This was actually There's more. No, this was a fight between Ritherman and Stevens. Ritherman fought to have the scene in this. Wolfgang, movie. you're fired. <laughs> Wolfgang, this this was his last movie, right? Uh, yeah. So, Stevens actually said, we can't let this sequence in the movie. It's so out of place. And it's bad. And management was like, Don, no, we're getting rid of it. Not going in. Good. Oh, my God. Good. Now, here's kind of a sad thing. Reitherman has been arguing and fighting. This is... he actually said this to, um, Stevens. He, it said, he walked into the office, slumped in the chair, and said... I don't know, Art. Maybe this is a young man's medium. Oh. Like, the, mm. Yeah. Um, mm. This was like, I think this was the point where he realized 
Because, like, yeah, he did a lot of great work with Walt. He was one, he was one of the nine old men. And mm-hmm. I think at this point he was just like, I, I don't have it anymore. Much like Todd dropped off in the forest. And <laughs> he comes you want to make it, um, to bring it back down after this. He, There's nothing but down after that. Well, yes. not not exactly. Well, for oh, him, for, no, for no. him, for him, it was no. Okay, um, I, actually, it, everything after this can only go up because this is the lowest point. Yeah, in my opinion, for for me, yeah. for you. Well, I mean, yeah, but uh, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to so, it. Okay, okay. You're but right. he, but You're here's right. the thing: Wolfgang Reitherman. This was his last film. Right. Uh, he did work on other projects. None of them finished. None of them developed. He passed away in um, 1985 due to a car accident. Oh, no. So. Shit. This. Ah. Yeah. This. Yeah. This was. That's why I say this film is significant. Because Mm -hmm. this is not just significant as the beginning of, like, the Dark Age. But because, yeah, it was a pass. It was this kind of fight between older animators who worked with Walt, who tri- established this studio, who did a lot, but then realizing we can't do this anymore. We're getting too old. Frank and Ollie were like, no, we're, it's like, we did our part. We are retiring. Mm-hmm. Let them do it. We, and we're, Wolfgang wanted to hold on so badly. I understand that. And I mean, considering how, how much he did. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I may have my, my, my beefs with Wolfgang Reiterman, the way he did certain things, but he hung in there a long time. He kept this. He carried it forward as a director and kept things and he, going on his end. He did direct he Jungle correct. Book. He did yeah. help carry that. He did, and that's that says something to kind of keep keep Walt's torch going. Do we yeah. agree? You know, for mm-hmm. sure. And to keep the other people's, like, like you know, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, if this is his last film, then I was to say, well, mixed as my feelings may be on some of the projects, Wolfgang Reitherman. I, he deserves, I think, all the credit he gets for yeah. at least keeping keeping things going. For it's like, yeah, I mean, he again, stubborn man, <laughs> but so is Walt, and he fought for what he believed. He fought, yeah, for, exactly. Yeah. Even, That's if, it, even if even if it was wrong, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Todd has the worst night ever. Yeah. So Todd has, yeah, Todd's been dropped off in the woods, a non-feral animal in a feral world. Um, immediately, it starts raining. Because the universe yeah. is just trip, trip, kicking him when he's down. <laughs> uh, he goes and tries to find a, a hole, a fox hole. Turns out it's owned by a very ornery badger. Yeah, who, this badger is just mean, just mean spirited. Yeah, just doesn't like anybody. Um, but very well animated again. The badger oh. just looks like just the definition of ornery, like I said. Oh, definitely. Uh, go off somewhere else. Go off somewhere else. Get, 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 get. Todd apologizes profusely, and you can very clearly in, again, the animation is so, not just, like, apologetic, but wide-eyed and, like, I don't know where I am or what life is right I, now. Why am I out here? Yeah, I, I still don't understand I why don't I'm understand. out here. And uh, eventually a porcupine, voiced by Piglet, uh, yeah. says, you can stay with me up in this tree. <laughs> yeah. Piglet's returning the favor for Red Pooh. Let him stay in his house. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Pay it forward in the next life as a porcupine. So, what uh, you get reincarnated as a porcupine? What the stuffed Step animal reincarnated as a as a porcupine? Fine. Yeah. So, uh, Amos actually does see Widow Tweed return. For some reason, he is psychic and is like, "Oh, she dropped him off at the game preserve." How do you know this? Yeah, I feel like we we're missing a scene where he like stalked her. Yeah. After, like, because yeah. he, he was angry and, like, you can't, 
when he gets at her house, you can't keep him inside forever. He's probably just watching her, like fuming. I bet yeah. you he's followed her. We Again, still have a scene there. Yeah. I mean, while I while it to me, it's <coughs> like okay, copper copper would have made more sense. It also would have made more sense for Amos because. You know, a dog being hurt is one thing, and he, I know he didn't like the fox already. But again, if Chief had died, his, like, mad need to go and go out into the game preserve and yeah. kill Todd yeah. was just... Uh, his weird obsession is is comical. It is. It's like, obviously he's somewhat of the antagonist here, yeah. but this is like... Saturday morning cartoon villain levels of I have to kill this fox. It's like Gargamel and the Smurf. <laughs> it's just a fox. Calm down. There's other ones out there. I get that yeah. he's a nuisance, but it's not. It's not. I'm going to break onto federal property. See, it plant traps. See, this for is one fox. For one see, fox. The, this is why it would have made more sense if Chief did die because yeah. it's like you killed my dog. This would have been justified. You killed my first and like arguably not man. Second yeah. best hunting dog, only because my newest one is finally okay. And, and she's getting old. Yeah. Chief was getting old, but... but you killed my first dog. You killed my dog. Yeah. And I'm a hunter. Like and I'm John Wick. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. When's the part <laughs> where we see Chief do his... <clears throat> That's around here. That's around this time, yeah. Yeah, Chief's yeah. doing his, like, oh, my poor leg, oh. And that's me how I am. Yeah. And then they, they, the bear trap is demonstrated as a thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Another dark scene. Yeah, it's very dark. This is just a dark, dark. This is a dark movie. movie. Oh, it's darker yeah. than people anticipate. It's just random. He like he takes. He's showing to Copper how bear traps work, and he has right. this stick meant to stimulate a foot. And it's plot, plot, snap, snap. loud, deafening snap. Yeah, it's really gruesome. With a thunderstorm in the background. With, by yeah, the way. with a thunderstorm that's currently raining on top. But not on the farm for some reason. Only on the game preserve. You notice it's like not raining on the farm. It's just wind mm-hmm. and lightning in the distance. That's true. But, the, but in the forest, it's raining. The universe hates Todd. That the universe yeah. really it's hates Todd. This, where is, he this was. is this is karmic backflow. It is. Somehow. He deserves again. He deserves. He deserves it. it. He seriously deserves it. And well, he didn't deserve geez. being abandoned by the widow tweet. But he no. deserves all this other stuff. No, but he didn't help multiple times. Yeah. Now that said, at least the next day, uh, he's. He... Oh wait! Don't we? Is isn't Big Mama come first? No, because, well, no. I don't know. I, I think he, Big Mama goes looking for him, but then, like, there's that bit where he wakes up and he's confused about where he <laughs> that is. That was like, what happened? What, what happened? happened? <laughs> a dragon! A dragon! I swear I saw a dragon! Anyway. He oh. wakes up in this giant hole in a tree with a porcupine. The porcupine, like, yawns and actually pricks him a bit. So he gets up, yells, jumps out the hole, lands directly on the same badger's hobble. Oh, yeah. I destroys dur- it. <laughs> Just has the worst morning after the worst yeah. night. Luckily, Big Mama shows up and she's like, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to immediately tr- try and calm you down and set you up with a lady fox. Uh, hey, I know this is horrible, but, um, want to get late? <laughs> hey, listen, you're old enough. Uh, let me go find Sandy Duncan. By the way, uh, Tim Burton actually did the character animation for character Vixie. Oh. Uh, she would, uh, he was going to initially animate her in that, uh, dark gothic style that he normally does. <laughs> Uh, oh my goodness! With distant, only in the distant shots. Hmm. Uh, the cl- here, this was weirdly worded. I don't know what this means. <laughs> you look at the distance, you see Vixie, but she looks like a curly Q Hill. <laughs> I'm Tim Burton. <laughs> uh, I this was so I. Hey, hey Tim, do you can you maybe redraw Vixie? Tim, Tim, and Vixie's yeah. you hear in Tim's head. Now I, I, now I got a question. I this was worded weirdly from my source. It says the close up of her was done when Burton grew to like her, 
what does that mean? That sounds like a weird phrasing. Yeah. Maybe he initially didn't like, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, we're, we're all, all, yeah all I know is, yeah, he helped with the animation for her. Yeah. yeah. That was his part. So so we have Vixie, who's, um, I, I, and I have to admit, like, I think her, the animation on her is good, and I think Sandy Duncan's good. voice work for her is good. No, it works fine. Yeah. And she's doing the best she can with the character. Like, there's a character there. But there's also not a character there. She's yeah. just kind of... She's a plot device. Yes. She's a plot she's device. Co- she's completely a plot device. There's yeah. nothing to her. Uh, but again, for what she... For what little she had to work with, I'm like, but Sandy Duncan makes her... Yeah. Cute, I guess. No, like, she's, she's fun. She yeah. laughs at Todd and isn't afraid to laugh at Todd. Which is good. Because yeah. everyone laughs at Todd. Yeah, Todd is <laughs> like... Everyone deserves to laugh at Todd. Todd's oh, like, I'm gonna... God. Yeah, I totally can... Enmity for Todd everywhere. All oh, yeah, of us. Let's, let's break this down. So... Big Mama's flying and looking for Todd, and then spots Vixie. Real, and, and realizes so, they're the same age, and like, ooh. ooh. Time to hook two people up, because I love controlling people's lives. <laughs> Big Mama is just the puppet master of this whole universe. Yes. How much do you want to bet before this, she like whispered to the hunting dog, hey, there's a Mama Fox out there. In the <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so she says, I, I you know, I, I know another fox. He's very handsome. Ooh, cool. I'll go meet him. Fine, you know. It's spring, and you it's, know, it's I'm spring. Need to meet. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So uh, she finds Todd and says, come over here. I have something you're going to love. Don't worry. Stand right there, Vixie. It looks the best. <laughs> Stand right here in this radiant illumination <laughs> with birds flying. <laughs> it's like, it's, it almost reminds me of like those bits from Fantasia with the centaurs. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. There's like a scene uh, when we were changing from fall to um, uh, winter. Yeah. That reminded me a lot of, I forget which portion of Fantasia it is, but it's when they're going through the seasons. And it's just like, the, it's, the transition is very uh, similar. Was it? The during the Nutcracker Suite because it so. covers all four seasons. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, but it, it looked, I don't know. I don't know if it's the same animators. Probably wasn't, but it, it was very reminiscent of that. Right, and I can see them pulling inspiration from the oh, works sure. that came before because sure. they, those were revolutionary for a time. Um, Todd sees her and is enamored with her yeah. because she... I forgot all of my worldly problems. Well, <laughs> who? Wait, a what? <laughs> I for... porcupine? Huh? <laughs> what pumpkin? So he tries desperately to uh, impress and woo her uh, by saying how he's the best fisher in his life. And I don't think he's ever seen a fish up until he's telling him it is fish. Uh, tries to catch it, fails. And he says something really horrible to her, like, uh, well, I, you're a stupid, silly... He's empty, empty-headed headed. female. Like, wow. <laughs> Oh, wow. Todd. Oh, oh, man. Todd. I, don't, I don't know who taught you that, but... You clearly didn't hear... You copper. Yeah, probably. Yeah, copper. Copper's just bacheloring it up with three... With three, with two other guys. His master and, and chief. The whole time he's a puppy. And, she, and he doesn't... And he's always saying... And you notice he's always saying, you gosh darn crazy female to the widow, widow yeah. tweed. Yeah. So he probably picked... Oh, I, like the 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 woman. I like to think he picked it up from Copper. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and empty head. But but she forgives him, and only after Big Mama does a love song about yeah. how you can't help nature; nature runs its course. I'm like, but this is what the does that thing. mean? <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? Again, very inconsistent, and it feels like this is why she feels like a plot device. Well, now we gotta have a girl, so he forgets his problems and that horribly crushing scene that everyone's still crying about. Yeah, uh, and so they end up in love and. 
Yay. They're so Oh, don't... Is it the next day, or... It's the next day. day. Oh, yeah, and they're, like, crawling out of the burrow. That was the best... That was the best night. I'm like, what? Ah! What? What is time in this universe? They they had a, they had a one night they had a fling. Yeah, they're, and they're together good. now. They're together yeah, they're now. Together. They're gonna have babies. They're, they're, they're at some at some point they're gonna settle down and have little 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 kits, little fox kits. So they're they're enjoying themselves and then um we, so we have a scene of Amos planting traps. Yep, he doesn't care. It's a game preserve. He wants revenge for his dog's broken leg. He's and it even says <laughs> sure. no hunting. Well, too bad. I'm just hunting. he says we won't be doing that. We're just going after some little fox. <laughs> what is that? Who are you talking to? I know you're talking to Copper, but what are you saying? It's a very weird line. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And this, again, this is a, a testament to Todd's utter stupidity. He they're they're going through the forest. Yeah. His ears prick up, and he sees the dark, spooky, like, underlit portion and says, What's that? <laughs> and Vixie smartly says, I don't think we should go there. Aw, oh, shucks. What do you know, you empty-headed female? This, this further proves how he, any, that she's, you, do you see the contrast? She's got fox instincts. Like, she's, from she's being, raised yeah, in the wild. being a feral. She knows and exactly he's not, what to do. Because he's a, he's a domesticated fox. She should have been more Amazonian. She should have been more submissive. That would have been I, so much I honestly sense. think, if I were rewriting this, the mm-hmm. first person he meets the night he's out alone is Vix, is Vixie. And Vixie takes care of him and shows him the ropes for a while. It, that and over time, yeah. without Big Mama even there, with, over time they yeah. start to like fall for each other. Yeah, that would have been nice. I just remember, like, we're not laughing at him. Even Dinking Boomer show up. Like, what are you guys yeah. doing here? Why are you? You here? have no role in this movie. <laughs> Get out of here. So uh, Todd, like an idiot, wanders down this dark pathway, and we know from previous scenes that Amos set up multiple. I think. Five or six traps. Five or six traps. And manages to step over a lot of them. And we see from another perspective, Amos and Copper patiently waiting behind rock, gun loaded. Yep. And then he arms his gun. Uh, Todd hears it, recognizes that sound, and steps... Almost steps on a trap. Well, like... Triggers it. Triggers it, but doesn't get caught up because he does that cat thing where they jump off all fours, like, straight up. Yep. Straight up vertically. And um, manages to run... And a great testament to um, Amos's utter lack of hunting skills. <laughs> misses with every shot. Misses with all five traps. Yeah. Can't kill. I don't know how he's a hunter. He, he can't even get one fox. Yeah. Like overkill. Yep. And then we have a new chasing. Yep. Yep. So this one, this one has more emotional stakes because now Copper is the one doing the chasing, and Copper is out for blood. There, yeah. yeah there is a very. It's a short little scene, but um, when Copper. Corners Vixie and Todd. Um, Todd goes to face him, and they both like drop the whole cartoon fun animal style and go vicious, fangs bared, oh, growling, yeah. e- evil like almost pupilless eyes. Todd in particular looks like you know he oh, looks yeah. feral. Yeah. yeah, he looks absolutely feral. And, he, and you and you know what's going through their heads? Like I don't care what we were before. You're yeah. trying to hurt me, and more importantly, you're trying to hurt my mate. Yeah, and and coppers in his head's like, like I don't I'm give a care. Vengeance. I don't care. I don't care. I'll kill both of you. You're dead. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they. Fight. I want to destroy all your happiness for breaking Chief's leg. <laughs> <laughs> He'll never walk again for maybe a couple months. <laughs> So he corners them. Any sense in hindsight? Uh, so he corners them in their foxhole, um, <laughs> and Todd says, "Let's go out the back because uh, Copper can't quite get in all the way because it's too narrow." Um, Amos 
in a rare stroke of brilliance, says, I'm going to smoke them out. And straight up lights a fire <laughs> we'll at the back. We'll smoke the blighter out. We'll smoke the foxes out. By the way, this was Disney's first animated feature to use computer graphics. What? Really? Most of the CGI in this movie is shown during this scene. Like the fire, CGI. Interesting. Oh. I thought it was, well, I guess they are bloom effects. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Interesting. Yeah. Well, caught between a, a fire and a copper place, they decide to run straight through the fire and get out, and they do. Which and makes Am- sense. If you and- run fast enough through it, it won't hurt yeah. you. And yeah. Amos is honestly kind of impressed. He's like, I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah. Actually, does like a double take of, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so they, they bolt to like up a waterfall. And I think I kind of get what the, the idea here. They jump up on a thing and they go to run across the, the log. Yeah. And I feel like what they're doing is the spray from the water. This mm-hmm. is what they might throw off the scent. Yes. That, that was my thought too. Yeah. Because um, Copper does go up and it has a brief moment of, where are they? Where he's, are like, they? he's at a fork and like, mm, and then he steps around a bit more and then realizes, okay, they probably went that way because it's still a faint track here. Yeah. Right. But yeah, that um, that was, I think that's exactly what they meant by that. Yeah, so but he goes up there and what instead happens is he, the place where Vixie had kind of stood to like be like, hey, where do we go? And Todd's like, this way, was like a, a cave or a den because like mm-hmm. Copper's over there and a bear comes out. And, and it's and a and really a angry bear. With red demon yeah, eyes. Yeah. So this is a demon Nightmare bear. This bear. is a big bear, it's, too. It's, it's a pissed off one, too. It <laughs> is, like it is a, this is very the, angry. The world's angriest bear, and it's it's like, you disturb me, I'm going to kill you. But then again, yeah. animals have really weird, I'm you just did one minor thing to me, I'm going to absolutely eliminate you and everyone you Certain love. ones are absolutely feral, other ones have full personality. Yeah, so yeah. this one, this this bear, okay... Here, and I can't this even, is a full feral bear. And look, I can't even say the bear is the villain of this movie. No. Is there, cause, so, even, even like uh, Disney animators have said this is not a villain. He, because he's scary, but not a villain. He's a threat. He's but a he's threat. a bear. He's yeah. just a bear. He's another force of nature. It's what like the way they were it is like well, this is just he would you he was disturbed and he's just acting on instinct. This is not he wasn't doing it because Yeah. Um he wants revenge or he's doing it out of spite or evilness. This no. is just feral bear. He's, it's just a bear. Feral bear, bear, um, disturbed, disturbed in his, threatened in his territory by a dog, a fox and a human with a gun. Perfectly yeah. understandable. Reason. Oh yeah. 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 So they fight. And the, on the, the one, the one time Amos does any, one time any of Amos's traps work. Whoops. <laughs> he steps in it. Not himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's what he, it's what he gets. He really is the worst hunter I've ever terrible. seen. Terrible. Anyway, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's why I agree. He probably just traded for all those pelts. Yeah. Uh, what did he trade? I don't know. Bear's about to attack, but Todd comes in and actually attacks the bear. And Todd, Todd has because Vixie's ahead of him and saying, "Quick, let's get out of here." And Todd has a um, a moment of. Mm, maybe I should go help him. And even though this dog, for was no a, other reason, two seconds ago was trying to kill me. Uh, Trying to kill me and my love interest. Yeah, which again, if Chief had died, this would have been even more impactful. Yeah, so I'm just going to headcanon that Chief died because it's the only way I can justify any of this. Yeah, which would also then make what Todd does a lot more selfless and a lot more heroic. Yeah. Yeah. So they fight, and it's kind of Copper and Todd uh, exchanging um, nuzzle bites with this bear. Right. Bears are walking tanks and can't really be hurt. Right. And Which is why you have to eventually dump it off a dump it off a waterfall. <laughs> now, Kayla. Yes. Because the bear is not a villain, this does not go on our plummet counter. No. Okay. He is not the. He... Our plummet counter still stands at a firm three villains. Okay. Yes. Excellent. Okay. So 
The, re- the reason why... We are going to be moving into the major plummet era of now, Disney. Now, <laughs> now, I know that people, like, I know we thought, like, oh, well, Lucifer's a cat. He's just basing on instinct. No, that cat is No, Lucifer's a werewolf. Yeah. Oh, he is evil. evil. No, yeah, yeah, Lucifer is is a is a, is a henchman. Yeah. Lucifer mm-hmm. does Lady Tremaine's dirty work. Absolutely. Totally villainous. Lucifer falls from a tower to his death. Yeah. Yes. So. Lucifer has full sentience, though. Yeah. Yes, yes. So, um, eventually, Todd manages to lure the bear back onto the log. It breaks from the weight, and the bear goes plummeting off a waterfall into the mist below. Todd, very much in the same way Chief does, kind of emerges out of the river. Um, at, at least his is a little more believable. I, I guess, yeah. He's been put through the ringer. He's been basically mauled by a bear. Yeah. Yeah. But he gets, yeah, he gets pretty much backhanded and thrown against a wall. He doesn't get clawed. Like, somehow he's not, he avoids the bear's claws, but he takes the brunt of the bear's, like, And and at least you see him, like, struggling. Like, he's not, like... Yeah. No, he's, he's beat up pretty bad. He, 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 I think he's more, like, body shock and exhausted by the time he gets back to shore and just kind of collapses in shallow water. At the bank of the um, the river or wherever yeah, it's, yeah, it's, like a, it's a river or a lake or something. Copper sees him. Copper actually is worried, like, oh my gosh, this is my childhood friend still mm-hmm. who just saved me. And if Chief had been dead, it would be like, I'm living Chief's death over again. Please, no, not again. Yeah. Have yes. person <gasps> be taken from me. It would have made more sense. This, that one detail is so critical. It is. Yeah. It's crucial. And it just got skipped They over. messed it up. They did. Um, and then you're about to have this reconciliation, and then click, click, Amos is there with the gun, because, of course, the man almost died from a bear, and currently has his foot in a trap, um, well, I, I, he but I gotta kill this one fox. Well, he, I think he actually managed to get his foot out of the trap, and somehow I think he only survives, point. is only limping? Yeah. Like, that man should limp. be... Yeah, he you know, he's limping. No, he's only limping, but you think it's, you no know, bear traps can, like... They should have. They should have serrated his toes off. Yeah. Yeah. Like he should. Or he should have. He should be been. Yeah. He should be bleeding profusely. Well, I mean, you can't do it in this movie. Yeah. Obviously. No. no. But but he I should've mean, be he should have been way worse off. Yeah. Well, that's from, what happens when you're in like about to you know go in some death deathly situation or being horribly maimed. You sprain your foot or your leg or something, and you're fine. Yeah. 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 That's what happens in this movie? Yeah. But anyway, he's pointing the gun. He's pointing the gun at um, Todd. Todd, and Copper steps in gen- very gently. Steps in the path and he won't move and he just mm-hmm. this is the part that gets me too. Yeah. He looks up at Amos and just goes S- single whimper, yeah. sad face, and and Amos actually like his face falls and he just lowers the gun. And it's a very like it's a quiet. Gr- I honestly, in terms of like an arc, mm-hmm. this is actually a really good arc in terms of like friendship. Like yeah, characters that had, grew up together had friendship. Leads to realizes well we can't really be friends because of this. Then leads to this horrible thing. But then, uh, this horrible misstep. But then it's like, well, you just saved me. You really do care about me. You're still mm-hmm. my friend. It's like I can't. And then he has a choice. It's like let him die or not. And it's like nope. It's that still the common moment of like let's just stop the bloodshed. Like, yeah. No. No more violence, please. This has to stop yeah. somewhere. You really see it in Amos's body language too. He's. Like, tensed up, he has the rifle, he has the sight down on, well, Copper, because uh, Copper's in front of Todd. Yeah. And his entire body just relaxes, and you see his soul kind of, like, the obsession lifts, and he goes, okay, I'm done. I'm so done. <laughs> yeah, he's... Yeah. We're done with this. I can't do this anymore. This is ridiculous. Like, he, he has this internal... Re- this is actually yeah. a really great scene, too. Yeah. yeah. It is... I, it's quiet. It's... Everything's done by, like, how they look, what, like... Mm-hmm. 
just the like the noises they make. They're again body relaxed. It's just like he's tired. He's like. I'm done. I'm not going to try anymore. And it's yeah. so frustrating about this movie is that when it nails good scenes, they're so powerful and yeah. nuanced. Yeah. And it's unfortunate the whole movie couldn't be that way because there's so much dicta that's just kind of distracting. There was yeah. so much there was so much confusion behind the scenes with this movie and so much disruption and it, and it shows in the final product. Yeah. Um to we should probably wrap this up in a nice little yes. because that's because after this not much happens. You get the kind of... Uh, the, Widow the tar- Tweed's taking care of him? Yeah. Uh, yeah weirdly, they've patched things up, Widow Tweed's wrapping up Amos's leg, and he's hollering and hooting in pain because he's a big baby. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Copper goes to Chief's grave, just American... Oh, no, wait. <laughs> wait. No, sorry. That's a different, better version of this movie. Uh, they're both uh, alive and whatever. And Copper kind of settles down. I do... And then there's a resolution with that B-plot, and this is what I meant to bring up earlier. Oh, yeah. The fact that he glows when he flies around so as a butterfly, I think, comes from the electricity. Maybe. So a caterpillar turns into a butterfly. And no one cares. No one Squeaks. cares. Squeaks. Squeaks. Yeah. I just remember that. And, yeah, and then Vixie and Todd are gazing down at the farm, and everything's fine, and no... Like, it's not. I like, whenever really, they finish this movie, I'm just Todd. Like, Todd cannot. Todd still can't go home. To no, his they mom. can't be friends. They, if they are, it has to be from a distance. Couldn't. Yeah. But wait, now but, that there's no none of this, can't Todd like clandestinely? But but go he's, home? he now has a. He well, has that's a true. His, their worlds are very firmly separated. Now. Yeah. yeah, he has yeah. a mate. He has. <sighs> it's this this movie's giant middle finger to you going. Nope, can't have happiness. No happiness in this movie. Everything no. is bittersweet. Life is unfair. Yeah, again, the world, don't would, bother. Again, wouldn't it be? I actually that would have been great. Quite scene if he, if he would have died, like goes to his grave, looks up, and see it's like and mm-hmm. uh, sees Todd, Todd, like you know, not knowingly exchange of. It's like even over a distance, they now. like and they they like you can tell they like look at each other, and then Vixie like walks up to Todd and was like, "Let's that go." That would have been wonderfully bittersweet. Yeah, that would have been. But that it, would have been a great resolution. But, it, but it, like, there's a slight smile to his like. I still got your back. I still, you're still my friend. Yeah, I still love you. We can, we can never, we can never see each other again, and I know that. But at least now we put this behind us. Yeah, yeah. We can't go back to how things were, but we've had some type of resolution. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the way the I no longer blame you for Chief's Chief's death. Yeah, I understand now that that was an accident. Yeah, and that could have been done with just like looks at each other, and it's like. No, no. The best parts of this movie have no no dialogue. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, every yeah, no. This so. this 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 had the opportunity, every opportunity to, be, to go down as a real like actually like challenging classic that yeah. for 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 everybody, like not just be like a kids movie, you know? Like this mm-hmm. could have been like a challenging movie for kids and also have really powerful moments for adults, yeah. but still still maintaining something and then it just this is why, and this is why I'm glad Don Bluth left because he would go on to make movies that were mm-hmm. dark Genuinely. and challenging, but also had heart. Like, yeah. look at Secret of Nim. Secret yeah. of Nymph is incredible. Absolutely, I feel like Secret of Nim handles the bittersweet aspects incredibly well when they yes. come up. So there's some dark, really dark elements to that. Same Absolutely. with like American Tale. Oh Jeez. my gosh, American Tale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, this movie. So ends. Ends. <laughs> and so, then it's end. So no. Fox, and then it's over. Fox, I, I should let you know, Foxhound, $12 million budget. It grossed $39.9 million in domestic grosses. Okay. Um, it's international grossed $43 million. So it was successful. Yeah. But here's the re- here was the reviews. A lot of them were more like, okay, it was fun. It, or, it was amusing. It was, it's nice. It's dull. A lot of, a lot of uh, like, like you said, reviewers, like how you and I are lukewarm about it. 
Reviewers, same thing. They were lukewarm. They're just like, it's... It's, Which is fair. It's just fair. Yeah, There's yeah. Some. I mean, that's a fair assessment. And talking about it, I really realized that no, you're you're absolutely right. The the good scenes are really good, and but the bad scenes drag the rest of they, the movie. They outnumber yeah. the good scenes, it's which true. is really sad. Which is very sad because there's clear passion and potential behind this to be I, like you said, a classic, and it's just not. That. I, I no. th- you know what I think, and it is that sort. This was the movie that was kind of a fight between generational yeah. clash. Yeah. Yeah. It was an awkward passing of the baton. Yeah. It, and, I mean, there is, like, videos that's like, yeah, this was totally the passing of the baton. And you're like, yeah, but it was more awkward. It's like that scene in Blackbeard's Ghost where everybody gets confused about who passed the baton to who. Mm-hmm. And everything's falling all over the ground. And that's like, no, he's holding the hot dog. What? Yeah. <laughs> that only makes sense if you're a nerd like me in that scene. 1968 <laughs> classic live action uh, Disney feature Blackbeard's Ghost starring Peter Ustinov as Captain Blackbeard um, yeah it's like it, yeah gr- there's some amazing beautiful scenes and the animation astounding oh wonderful. well yeah um, I cannot fault the animation in this one yeah. but as and even the story's not bad it, like if you say the story out loud like ad- uh, the premise is fine yeah, yeah. yeah. it's just the, the execution, execution. And that that one that one thing they could have changed. I think Chief's death would have made a huge difference. Yeah, it's it's funny. It, you really see how much one little thing yeah. could have yeah. changed the context for everything after that. Yeah. And it, yeah, yes. we're 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 going in circles now, and we're we might step in a bear trap if we're not. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, um, Bismi, thank you so much for joining. Thank us. you yeah. for having me on again. I'm glad I could reface this movie. <laughs> And you it's did a, been years. You did a great job. <laughs> yeah. So if if, uh, if folks out there want to know this kind of stuff you do, I know you've talked about it before, With um, but just go ahead and refresh everybody's memories, even for our longtime listeners or for anybody just joining us. Where can people find your work Yes, online? well, I uh, am also on the Creative Forward Network. I host a podcast called Trick or Track, where I look at scary music and sounds, be they from music or movies or video games. You can go check that out. My most recent episode as of this recording was about for video games and I had a lot of fun working on that so please do check it out if that interests you. I am also the co-host of Reagan Readers with my partner Paprika where we read science fiction and uh, do funny stuff with that. You can check us out on SoundCloud at Abysme or on YouTube at Reagan Readers if you also enjoy it and if you look at <laughs> I believe it's episode two. You'll hear a familiar voice on that one. You hear Edwin. Yeah. <laughs> I, got, I, I resurrected Edwin. That was very impressive, honestly. Um, I'm pretty yeah. good. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> so, uh, our next um, movie we will be reviewing for June is The Black Cauldron. Ooh, boy. Oh, oh boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> we are firmly in the dark ages now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that That's... Oh, you want to talk about dark... That's gonna be one. Hey, so I want to say to you both, again, thank you so much for going on this journey with me, this particular episode. Thank you again for joining us at Disney. Of course. You're my best friends. <laughs> and we'll always be friends Elimination! Lack of education.
out there in Benview podcast land. My name is Josh, and this is Jesse. Hello. And we happen to do a podcast about video games called the Extra Damage Cast. Indeed we do. If you like to talk about video games, or more accurately, listen to other people talk about video games, you should check out our podcast. It's at extradamage.com or on the Benview Network website, whatever that is. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.